another episode of Speaking of Gothic. And today I'm going to get back to talking about an individual movie. And I'm going to talk about one of my favorite movies that I have watched over and over. And I just watched it again just the other day. And it's called Overlord. It's a movie from 2018. And this movie's great. So if you like, you know, horror movies, if you like something that feels gothic, and if you like World War II movies, then this is the movie for you. And I also mentioned this on my zombie episode. I think it was maybe the third part because this is such a later movie, more recent movie, but yes. So let me read the synopsis to Overlord for you from 2018. On the eve of D-Day, American paratroopers drop behind enemy lines to penetrate the walls of a fortified church and destroy a radio transmitter. As the soldiers approach their target, they soon begin to realize that there's more going on in the Nazi-occupied village than a simple military operation. Making their way to an underground lab, the outnumbered men stumble upon a sinister experiment that forces them into a vicious battle against an army of the undead. Now, this synopsis is a little misleading, but it's also pretty accurate uh, because the whole troop doesn't go underneath and... Uh, battle against the uh, undead but I guess you know for the synopsis it makes it sound better but I love this movie it's great I really adore this movie and I it's and it's what's interesting is that in horror circles or online or on websites I don't see a lot of mention of this particular movie and even you know I watch YouTube all the time and and I always like to look at uh, movie reviews and breakdowns and things like that and I don't see a lot of discussions about this movie overlord but man it is so good because it's a shame because this movie it's so well crafted it's so well acted the set design and practical effects are amazing i mean it's just a wonder to behold and it's and the mixture of the practical with cgi is amazing so i think it's wonderful but i don't know why more people don't know about this movie or why they don't talk about it but it's pretty much a perfect horror movie And I think it's a perfect gothic horror movie. And, of course, I always like to point out the tropes in this. Um, But there's an interesting thing about this movie is that the very beginning, and I timed it this time, this movie does not have anything horrific or, should I say, supernatural, with my air quotes, that happens until probably about 40, 45 minutes into the movie. So until then... It's a World War II movie, and it's great. It's filled with so much tension and suspense, and you know, it, it kind of kind of plays out like a standard World War II movie. The opening credits are really amazing. It, it looks a little old-fashioned. The titling, almost as if it is actually like like as if it was shot in the 40s or 50s, and it begins right away like you're on a plane going over to Nazi Germany or I'm sorry, occupied France because it's uh, it takes place on the eve of D-Day. Actually the probably the morning of D-Day. Uh you know, just before the invasion, maybe the the eve right prior to. And from the very first few minutes, I mean, you know, you're on this plane, you kind of get introduced to the characters that we're gonna follow. You know, explosions start happening in the air and ship you know, ships are going down and, you know, 
German bullets are flying through the hull of the plane and people having to jump out and then the planes explode. I mean, it, it, it is so well crafted that that held my attention. And again, for the first 40 minutes of the film, you're with these paratroopers. One of the shots that the main character, whose name is Boyce, played by Jovan Adepo, Private Boyce, I mean, when he, when he parachutes out of the plane, they stay with him, so it's kind of a POV shot, and it's just, I, I hadn't really seen anything like that, so it was just amazing, and you kind of feel like, man, like you're there. Even if this was the entire premise of the movie, just them on a mission to go blow up this church in this village so that communications from the Nazis can be interrupted for the D-Day invasion. So even if it was just that, I would have loved it. And also what I love about this film that it does so well is that it foreshadows the events of the second half of the film within the first few minutes. The character, the one character that we follow, Private Boyce, he's kind of our POV character. Um, he kind of has to learn how to navigate not only the horrors of warfare, but also the horrors of Nazi experimentation as scientists. I don't want to give it away because I never like to give away the whole thing, but let's just say that the Nazis are doing some experiments, which could turn the tide of the war. I know that kind of sounds a little, it sounds ominous and it sounds vague, but I'm trying to be vague on purpose so I don't give away, you know, the bulk of the film. But there is a supernatural turn. So first of all, in a movie like this, it, it's important that we have main characters that we want to follow. And this is a small group of characters. So we have Private Boyce, played by Jovan Adepo, Corporal Ford, played by Wyatt Russell, and I'm going to come back to him. Uh, the French young lady named Chloe Matilda uh, Olive, Oliver and Corporal Tibbet, played by, by John McGarrow, Private Chase by Ian de Kastecker, Kastecker, I don't know how to say his last name, but people know him from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then uh, Private Rosenfeld, played by Dominic Applewhite, Sergeant Renson, played by the great Bokeem Woodbine, and this little boy named Paul, he's probably not a little boy anymore, but Johnny Toffer. But basically, these characters of Private Boys, Colonel For Corporal Ford, Chloe, Corporal Tibbet, Private Chase, Private Rip, Rosenfeld, and this little boy Paul are the main characters. And what's great is that, sure, they might be archetypes, but I think as the movie moves on, they kind of go a little bit beyond their archetype. And I wanted to take mention Wyatt, Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell is the son of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. And I tell you what, he's taller than his dad, but man, that guy, he has channeled his dad's intensity and his, and there's times when he looks just like his, his father. Um, I think he, and he's, he's really, he, he's got, he's got a certain screen presence and people probably know him more because he played uh, the, the kind of new Captain America in uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier Disney Plus series. So he played uh, that character. And I can't remember the character's name, but the one who got the sword, the, the shield, and he ended up taking the super serum, the super soldier serum. But as great as he was in that series, I, I honestly think that he was even better as Corporal Ford because we really don't know much about Corporal Ford. We don't learn a lot about him, but he's definitely seen some things the way Russell plays him. And you get a sense that he has some, some demons, you know, following him. Um, but it's just, he's 
everybody does such a fantastic job in this movie and this movie would not have worked without them and of course the main antagonist who's the German commander he was Captain Waffner uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's name Pailu Aspek or something I'm not sure but this guy was you know he was what you would expect in a uh, in a Nazi commander uh, but even he just probably one of the best portrayals of a Nazi you love to hate that I can remember since Saving Private Ryan or um, or maybe even um, Schindler's List. I mean, the way this guy played, it was just it was just so creepy. But now I want to lean into the tropes of what's going on with this movie, because when I rewatched it and I thought about this for a while, but when I rewatched it. I could see the gothic tropes in this and I'm not not all the gothic tropes but definitely like gothic environments and of course there's persons in distress and there's suspense mystery tension and fear which is which is in every horror movie of course and there's definitely a sense of isolation and the, the characters are indeed isolated and um, there is the supernatural and there's the grotesque and again these are as I talked about in previous episodes, these are not all the whole gothic horror trips. I mean, there's a lot more, but these are the ones that I try to focus on as I've been talking about as well since the beginning of this, this particular podcast. And so I wanted to get back to highlighting some of these because when I watched this film, I said, oh yeah, that's definitely there. For instance, the gothic environment. I think and I, I think I've used this phrase before, but the film is definitely a masterclass in gothic horror because for me, it kind of mirrored what the universal horror films of the 30s would do, where they use darkness and shadow and fog. And I would even say even the hammer horror films of the 60s, the 50s and 60s, you know, the Christopher Lee uh, Peter Cushing films with Dracula, there was always a castle and there was always fog and they were on the moors. Uh, and I think I mentioned this on uh, the, uh, even the 19, I want to say it was in the fifties, the Sherlock Holmes, the version of Hound of the Baskervilles that had Peter Cushing in that, that even had a similar tone. So this film, it really kind of leans into dark shadowy force forest and, um, you get a sense that there's danger everywhere that lurks. And the majority of the, at least the first half of the film, I'd say, yeah, a solid first half of the film. I mean, the paratroopers are dropped in over France at night into this forest and they're trying to fight their way to this village. And then that takes place at night. And there's this castle or it's a church, but it looks like a Gothic castle. And that is where the Germans comp, the German compound is. And so when we kind of see that for the first time in the film, it looks just like a gothic ca castle. It's the kind of gothic castle that appears in every sort of horror movie. And if this had, if this had been a movie about vampires, I wouldn't have been surprised because, I mean, it's not. It's not about vampires. But just the mood that, they, that the filmmaker sets and the tone and the castle. I'm, I was almost expecting... A, a vampire to jump out of somewhere or multiple vampires or for there to be vampires and you could have easily switched out the actual supernatural threat with vampires and this film still would have worked the way it would have uh, 
so I would say in that aspect, it definitely felt very, very gothic to me. So in this movie, all the main characters are in distress because because it's a film about war and it contains realistic war violence. And then there ends up being supernatural events that occur. And so the film is it's filled to the brim with tension and mystery and suspense and fear. And if you remember that, that's a trope that is often seen that I've that I've seen in gothic, you know, in horror movies that I consider gothic. And so as I was watching this film, I kind of asked myself a series of questions. And I think that you as a viewer will also ask yourselves this question, these questions or questions like them. And I think that really helps the tension and the fear. You know, you're fearing for these main characters. And I think that movies that do this well make you kind of ask questions. You know, like, oh, man, are they going to make it? Uh, movies that don't do this well, you don't really care. You don't care about the characters. And I could list movies where I didn't care about characters at all. And I just kind of was like, eh, you know, it was fine. But so for me, these were some of the questions that came to my mind as I was watching Overlord. I thought at the very beginning, I thought, well, will the paratroopers make it to the drop zone or are they going to get blown out of the sky by, you know, by the Germans? And is the squad of soldiers, are they going to make it to the rally point that they're supposed to? Will they make it there intact? Will they make it there with their gear? Will they make it there with, you know, all the soldiers? And then when they get there, will the soldiers be discovered by the Nazis because they're sweeping the village? And and it's it's very interesting because, I mean, this tension, it just continues to build and build just little like stair steps, just building one after the next after the next event. You know, are the soldiers going to be able to complete their mission and sneak into the compound because they have to plant explosives? And I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. And then some other things that I don't really want to say because I don't want to uh, ruin the ending. What I will say is that so the small team of U.S. soldiers, they're, they're charged with destroying a communication tower that is and it's isolated. So they don't have any backup and they have to take shelter with a young French woman named Chloe and her little brother, Paul, and her mother also lives in there. And so it's dangerous for the soldiers, but it also increases the danger for her family because of the German forces occupying her family, uh, occupying her village. And there is a small scene where this young lady is just out at night after she encounters the soldiers one of her neighbors sees her out and she she basically dimes her out. She says, you're out past curfew. And she starts blowing a whistle. And when I watched that scene, I thought, oh, my gosh, is this what happens? Is this, you know, in a fearful environment, do neighbors turn, does, does neighbor turn against neighbor in order to make their survival better? I mean, I'm sure that happened and I'm sure it still happens, but it was a. Uh, uh, a nice not nice I mean it was awful but it made me think a little bit more about the story of the film and then made me kind of reflect on what probably did actually happen during World War II and any other war where you know you have to do what you have to do to survive so that that was something that I liked the fact that they put that in the film because they, they didn't really have to but I think that 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 kind of helped the uh, the film feel a little bit more authentic. I mean, we know we're watching a film and we know that it's just a movie and we know it's going to lean into the horror at some point in time. But that made it feel like it elevated the film just a bit for me. 
And then another aspect I love about this film is that there's the constant ticking clock of the D-Day invasion that's kind of in the background. Because I think from the minute that the soldiers, um, they kind of take refuge in Chloe's house, they have exactly four hours until the D-Day invasion. So that means they have to get into that con- this heavily fortified compound, plant the explosives, blow it up, and then get out and go to the rally point where they're going to be evac or whatever. And this particular ticking clock of the D-Day invasion of them having to complete their mission, it coincides and even supersedes kind of the supernatural monstrosities that the team finds as they go to do their mission. So uh, I just love the juxtaposition of the realistic aspect of their mission with the supernatural aspect of the film, which kind of, it's not part of the mission it impedes their mission and it makes things that much more dire and makes things that much more imperative that they finish their mission their mission i i think i mentioned this earlier that it's this is such an interesting film because again the first 40 minutes or so it's just a world war ii action suspense film and then when it does pivot to the supernatural aspect of the film it's shocking but it's not unexpected because the tone has been set, events have kind of been foreshadowed as I mentioned, and once this shift occurs, I will say that when they go for the horror, they go all the way into the horror, they lean into it. I mean, there were some parts of this film where I looked, and again, I'm a seasoned veteran of horror films, and I and I was like, oh my gosh, that's disgusting. I mean, so there are some points in, in, in this film that, You know, if you're a horror fan and you watch a lot of horror movies, then you're going to love this film. If you are not a horror fan and you don't like grotesque body horror sorts of things, then I really don't want you to skip this film, but I would say skip it. You know, but again, like I assumed last time when I was talking about the zombie movies, if you're listening to this podcast, then you probably have some sort of interest in gothic horror, some something and so just consider this is the kind of film that I think when I mentioned last week or the last few episodes when I talked about zombies that, you know, zombie films, they're going to be bloody by just the very nature of the kind of creature that you're dealing with, the kind of entity that you're dealing with. So and this film is no exception. So for horror fans, if you've not seen Overlord, you definitely need to watch this film because, I mean, you're, you're going to love it. And I know how I feel about this because I I just absolutely love this film. I could watch it over and over and over and and i i don't even know how many times i've seen this film but i would just sit down thinking oh you know i'm gonna watch something and i come across overlord because i don't have it on dvd so you know it's on streaming and it seems like it's always on a different streaming service so i'll watch it and then it's like oh i find end up watching the entire film last time it took me three days to watch it now that is not unnatural or i mean that happens a lot just because of how busy I am so sometimes it might take me a while but yeah I love this film I just absolutely adore this film and I again I think that it has all the hallmarks and tropes of a gothic movie you know it's a war movie but it's a war movie with a very gothic environment I mean oh I forgot to mention this part even once they get into this compound which you know it was a church but then you realize it's very large i don't know if the if the germans built this compound around this church 
But there are a series of underground tunnels and catacombs and chambers. And if you recall, I really love underground layers, basements, etc. in movies in general. So when I see these things, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. And this movie had that. Be- and that is where the horrific events occur. So the body horror uh, and the supernatural events that occur in this film, they occur in two locations, I would say. One in Chloe's house. That's where it kind of starts. Where, where where we as the viewers are introduced to that. And then I'll say the majority of it then takes place underground in the caverns underneath the fortified compound that is the mission where the communication tower is. So there's something brewing down there. And as I mentioned in the zombie episode when I talked about this, but when I talked about zombie movies just in general, probably I, I think I said this in all three of those episodes that it's weird because at first it feels zombie adjacent, but there are persons who are reanimated and who then display these very horrific uh, characteristics. And then there's a few individuals who are alive who are experimented on, I shall say, or maybe self-experimentation and then who exhibit other characteristics. So it's a really, I mean, this movie has it all, I tell you. And one more thing, I would be remiss if I did not mention this. Uh, For me, as a a viewer, I'm African-American, I found, I love this, the fact that this is one of the few movies, horror movies, where there is an African-American lead, this young man, Jovan Adepo, uh, I don't. I don't know anything about his background, but um, he was such a compelling lead and such a uh, an interesting guy to follow. And he wasn't uh, like a superhuman soldier who, you know, he was a scared young man who just kind of used his wits. And sometimes he freaked out and had to be brought back to reality. Um, so I love that about him. And he was also. He had a sense of responsibility and compassion, and he he wanted to do the right thing, and especially for Chloe and her brother. And he felt a response, a moral obligation, and a responsibility to do something good for others, even amidst the horrible circumstances that he found that he found himself in. I mean, it's one thing, you know, to find yourself in war, to have to deal with. The nature of war but then to throw on the supernatural aspect on top of that and so I, I think that this young man did a really really great job so and it was just nice to see um again it doesn't you know i mean i've been watching movies my whole life but uh you know from just to be honest i just don't always see a lot of african-americans portrayed as the lead where they get to do the same heroic things as their white counterparts so that was really good to see. And again, I don't want to spoil the ending, um, but because there's some characters who didn't make it, who I expected not to make it. There's some characters who made it. I thought, Oh, that dude made it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so this movie was fabulous, but I wanted to mention that last part because every time I watch it, you know, I just get into the film and then halfway through I'm realizing, Oh snap. The black guy didn't die. So, you know, that's like, that's a trope in and of itself. And maybe one day I'll do a whole podcast episode 
on does the black guy die? Because that's like a running joke uh, in movies. Anyway, in horror movies. I think they even reference this in, uh, is it in Scream 2 maybe? Perhaps in, I don't know, maybe the scary movies. Uh, I didn't really watch those. I don't like those movies. But anyway, so if you have not seen Overlord from 2018, do yourself a favor, watch this movie. This movie's fantastic. I mean, if you like horror movies, and then if you like World War II movies mixed in, and if you like movies that feel really gothic, and um, we're with a cast of characters that you kind of begin to care about, definitely watch Overlord. It's it's a fabulous movie. It's a fantastic horror movie. It's a fantastic gothic horror movie. The performances are phenomenal. The the practical effects are phenomenal, and the story keeps you invested till the very end. And I loved how it ended. Um, so watch it. Do yourself a favor. Watch it. It is fabulous. As always, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Speaking of Gothic. And if you like the direction of this show, please uh, subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a review so that way we know how we're doing. And also, if you have an interest in reading uh, genre fiction, gothic horror, etc., uh, check out some of, my, some of my books on Amazon. The link is the link is in the show notes. And as always, fellow gothics, thank you so so much for listening, and be kind to one another. Bye-bye.